You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. There are two things I love in this world. One is America. The other is listening to the ToneMob.com podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and people behind it. As you know, I'm Blake Wyland, and with me today I have Tom Kogut of Tomcat Pedals. How's it going, man? Uh, it's good. It's good. Right on. So, uh, yeah, I usually start these things off uh, with the how was your day question. The really, It's really in-depth, hard-hitting stuff. Okay, that's a that's a big one. Yeah, I know. It's serious. <clears throat> uh well my day was today was good. Um I woke up and it was like kinda cold and, and rainy here, but um I got to take care of some stuff that I had to take care of. And then I mailed out some stuff and then I made some nice dinner for uh, my girlfriend and I. Oh, very nice. What yeah. what are we eating this evening? Um today I had um well, I have this like really nice uh, fish market that opened up not too long ago down the street. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got some nice locally caught um, pollock, and then I I baked it in this like paper, like parchment paper bag thing with some like herbs and some juices, and um, just had that with some salad. It was pretty good. That sounds really good right now. Yeah. I'm kind of hung. I'm kind of hungry, and that really uh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, for rainy days, I usually kind of go for fish. That could be why I ate clam chowder today. Oh, there some you go. Ho- had some homemade clam chowder, and it really hit the spot. And it, yes, it's cold and rainy here, also. So, well, it's Portland, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's pretty much par for the course. We've gotten spoiled up until about a month ago, and then we got our normal grossness back so yeah i was gonna say like we've had um i think like yesterday in the past like two weeks it's been like 55 every day mm-hmm. and i think it's gonna be that way until like christmas which is pretty crazy yeah aren't you normally looking at something like in the uh the 30s yeah 30s would be like usually warm for this time of year right um so it's really crazy that it's this warm right now we're talking New York City for those not in the know. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, New York. <laughs> yeah. Right on, man. Well, I guess we can dive right into the uh, the music-related stuff. And, uh, okay. I'll, I'll go with the uh, – before, you know, otherwise I'm going to talk about food for the whole podcast. Like, yeah, I've actually, right. I, I've actually done that kind of before. I went, I went on a well, tangent about like – You can get that one out of the way, right? That's right. That, that podcast? Yeah, the, the I should have started a food podcast, and then we would have talked about guitar tone and <laughs> yeah, and just switch the names. Exactly, that's a good that's a good idea. 
I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have to look into this. How many podcasts can I start? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we talked briefly about um your uh musical um backstory before off the air, so to speak. Um, but why don't you tell people how you got started? And how that translated into you making guitar pedals? Because I don't know if I'm, a, if I recall correctly, you told me you were a drummer, primarily. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I still am primarily a drummer, and that was like the first instrument I started with when I was like nine, I think. So that was quite some time ago. And then um, I think my first band was a Blink One Eighty Two cover band. Of course, <clears throat> like a lot of people, you know. Mm-hmm. From that time period and then yeah I think I, I played like in a band since since I was like 14 and um, when I was in high school I had like this group of friends that were all really into like different different music like I was really into all the bands on like load records and um, like I think it's like is it three one G that has like the locust and stuff? Oh right, yeah, yes. Uh, it so is. I was I, I was really is, into like Gabe Serbian and like Justin Pearson and all that stuff. Right, I think Justin Pearson runs that label, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so me and my buddies all really liked that sort of thing and like the whole idea of like communally making as many bands as you can. So I did that for like a long time, and then one of my my closest buddies that I grew up with playing music, he's he plays guitar in that band Deer Tick. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love that band. <laughs> yeah, me too. So we like I don't know, I've always been like making uh gear for him for a while. Gotcha. And um but that didn't necessarily translate into like making guitar pedals. Because um, I, I went to art school with Ian. Mm-hmm. And uh like when we were almost done with art school, he dropped out and did deer tick full time. And then I ended up finishing, but I, in my last year of art school, I took like all these cool, like, um, interactive sculpture classes and stuff. And I met all these really cool artists and that got me more into like, like exploring electronics further. And then that's kind of how I learned like, how to do um, like circuit board design and stuff was from from that sort of work. Because um, out of college, I became like an assistant for a few different <clears throat> um, public artists that do interactive installation work. Okay, so, I'm not really like familiar with what that. I'm I'm kind of a square, I guess. I'm not really familiar with oh, what no, that that's means. All right. Not many people do. So. Interactive um, art just being that, like, whatever space it's in, whatever the art is, it interacts with you somehow. So I worked for this one artist who did um, this installation, which took up a whole wall of this, like, college campus building. Okay. And so what he did was he made this wall um, entirely out of, like these little LCD screens that if they were on, they were clear. And if they were off, they were white. Interesting. So so these little LCD screens were 
in the shape of circles, and they were about like four inches big. And I think he had like like four or five thousand of them. Whoa! On this big wall, so it pretty much makes like a really big low resolution screen. And like it was interactive, where it would be displaying these low res images of like drops of water. So it was like these pixely drops, but um, so like I said, when the pixels were on, they were clear and behind them was mirror. So it was outside. And when the pixels were on, you would see like the sky. So it's kind of like interacting with the sky. That's cool. Yeah. It's really like really crazy and like in depth and no one had ever like done that before. And this guy worked on this project for like five years. And I was just like really fortunate to have any sort of part in it. But what I ended up doing was like soldering, like, I don't know, like 50% of like the final project. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like a year of just soldering like three of the same thing. Just like, oh, yeah, because there were so many. It was just back to back, just <clears throat> yeah. chain, it's chaining so things crazy. together. <clears throat> it was so crazy, like, working on a project like that where since it was it was public art, it had to be, like, inspected and, like, um, certified by, like, all these different organizations. Of course. And then, you like, you learn that all that's just based around, like, how much money they want to charge you for stupid, stupid, like, pointless stuff, like, just to get... Like a a tape, like like a ceiling piece of tape that has someone's logo on it. Yeah, that, well, that's, like that's our government like, work. Yeah, it's like thirty grand for just a piece of tape. Right. Well, that sounds about right. That's how uh, that's how our government operates. Yeah, that's pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I worked on that project for a few years, and that guy was was super nice, and he taught me a lot, not only about like circuit design and stuff, but also about uh, the programming environment Arduino. Oh, okay. Which is like, you know, basic intro to microcontrollers and like making things work by themselves. Right. That that's uh something I'd heard of but wasn't sure what it was. Okay. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh pedal builders and stuff use Arduino for certain things. Like it's really an easy way to implement uh relay switching into a a pedal. Oh, okay. So instead of having the super clicky true bypass stomp, you have like the soft momentary switch right that triggers a relay mm-hmm. um and like i think matthew farrow uses it a lot in his like midi controller setups and stuff okay gotcha yeah so i i learned that and that that led me to like my second job where um i was like the number two on a huge project that was for it was a public art installation for a credit card processing headquarters in like the middle of Indiana somewhere that like okay. used to be this huge soybean field and they made it like their their like call center headquarters. And it was this brand new building and they had like this fifty foot high ceiling lobby and they wanted like a sculpture for it. And the my friend that I was working for at the time he had made like uh, these really nice, like bronze, like sculptures that were like super detailed, like that you would see at a museum or something. 
Okay. And so the the guy from this company was like, "Oh, we want one of those, but of a lady answering a phone." And we were like, "But wait, you have this fifty foot like huge ass lobby, and you want this tiny little like bronze sculpture." So he came up with the idea that like we could make this really cool like hanging chandelierish like um, sculpture and make it interact with the building because the building had like seven or eight main entrances and to get in and out of the building you had to swipe a card. Okay. And that would open the door. So we had the idea to hack into that program. And anytime someone swiped um, to open a door, it would trigger like LEDs to light up in the sculpture. Dude, and that's cool. So, yeah, so <laughs> it would it would be like the, I guess we described it as like the pulse of the building. Mm-hmm. And so, um, long story short, it took like three years longer than it was supposed to. And at the time, I had gotten really into like making my own guitar pedals and all this stuff. And so I ended up having to like bail out of the project. But it was like one of the best decisions I ever made because I like joined another band full time and and like dove like head on into making guitar pedals. So cool. Yeah. And the project ended up getting done. It just took like another couple of years. That's crazy. Did you ever get back to go see it? Um, no, I did. I actually had a, like a kind of a falling out with that artist guy, but we did like um, get back on good terms, and he sent me some really cool videos of it. I'll, nice. I'll, I'll send them to you after this. Cool. Yeah, I'd love to see that. That sounds fascinating. That's way way beyond my brain power to conceptualize something like yeah, that. It, was, it sounds it was really, really cool. Uh, it was really hard to figure out how to do, but <laughs> it was also it, a, a really rewarding thing. It sounds like a really interesting, like, well, and it, I guess it sort of makes sense why going from that to guitar pedals to some degree, but it's a really interesting combination of, like, you know, art in, you know, we kind of tend to think of art as separate from technical, but that oh, is, yeah, definitely. like, not at all. That's They're, like, one and the same in that aspect. That's really cool. I know, and this was, like, I, I started that project, like, five five or six years ago. So it was like back then, like even if you think about the iPhone, like six years ago, it was totally different. Like, Oh yeah. It wasn't nearly as technical as it is now. And so trying to explain that sort of like project and technology to like people who are like, Oh, what do you do? It was, it was like really difficult by the time I was done, like explaining after like five sentences, people are like, all right, I just, I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah, that's hard to that's hard for someone totally out of it to conceptualize, I would think, especially back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was even like the project took so long that like we were first going to use this like one kind of LED that was programmable and then like halfway through the project they made those LEDs obsolete. Oh, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> so then I like we had to like reformat the whole project for like oh, a new geez. batch of LEDs. Yeah. Of course. But so after that, I I joined the band Cerebral Ballsy, where I re- I replaced their old drummer who had had enough of touring and stuff. Gotcha. And um, that was also a really cool thing because I got to like right off the bat, we did like um, a whole summer of European shows and stuff, and then like my first 
show with the band was like opening up for Refused. Oh, a, really? At, yeah, like a sold oh, out man, show you're in New York my City. Language. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> That's I so mean, cool. it was like, like uh, I was like having practice with one of the guys, and he was like, "Oh, I just got an email from Refused. They want us to open their show at Terminal 5. And I was like, "Are you are you kidding me? Like that's that doesn't happen, you know? That's so nuts. That's so cool. Like this band is not only like reuniting, but they want us to open. Like what the hell? That's so cool. Like I listen to I I listen to the Shape of Punk to Come like like a lot. You know, back oh, yeah. in the day, like who didn't though? I mean, yeah, everyone definitely. Did. That's so yeah, cool. Su- such a huge like fanboy moment there. And I remember, like, when we played that show, I got to, like, meet the dudes, and they were like, oh, my God, we're so excited that you're here. And I was like, "What? Sh- no, shut up. Like, <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm talking to you right now. And then, like, um, the drummer David, like, gave me all his, like, old drumsticks. He was like, here, you can, like, probably use these. And I was <laughs> oh, like, sweet. what? Yeah. That's nuts. Wow, that's yeah. a, that's a, yeah, that's a pretty, uh good way to start off your time with a band that's pretty incredible yeah and it was just really cool to like play all these huge festivals in europe and stuff where it's really easy to just like go up on stage and like see a band's setup and like how they do stuff and all their gear and whatnot you know right right so so i i was a yeah go ahead i was a lucky boy i guess yeah no kidding that's awesome that's really cool yeah so, I don't think, like, okay, I you know, there's, I've been around a few drummers. M- most of them do not care about guitar pedals. So, how oh, yeah. did that kind of develop with you? Well, I'm, it was like, I had, I had friends that would, like, ask me to make them guitar pedals. And I'm, I'm one of those kids who, like, will like the technology behind something, like, way more than the actual thing a lot of times, like. I went to I went to art school for photography and after about like a month of school I was like, Oh man, I really don't like photography, but I really, really like all this new like digital technology behind it and everything. Mm-hmm. And um so yeah, that's like why I started exploring like the technological uh like things that I could at school. But I just really like I don't know, like pedals can like open up a whole like world of of just like creativity and and like fun and like i i do like play some guitar and i play like some other instruments and stuff and for me it's just like i always think like oh like what could make this sound like cooler or what will this be like with this and stuff and like some of like the older like fuzz pedals that i modeled my some of my pedals after like when i first heard those i was like oh man that's like the coolest sound in the world like i want to make something like that you know mm-hmm. so it was just like i don't know my own curiosities of of making like really messed up sounding stuff and and like sharing that with other people that made me get into guitar pedals so did you start off with like a, a kit of some sort or did you just how did you get what was the first pedal you made? Um, I think the first pedal I made was like was like a rat clone for for Ian from Deer Tick, and he, he actually he like still uses it. Nice. Yeah, 
And I like I I think I even like researched and was like, oh, I have to get this new old stock like 308 chip and got that on eBay and it was like six bucks just for one or something. You know, I, I was like obsessed with like the new old stock thing like from the beginning. Right, right. Yeah. Now, this is a little bit of a side note, but if I recall correctly, I think it was I think it was Ryan from Fuzzrocious. I think I seen a post that he he put up somewhere or he texted me. I can't really remember, but something about the 308s can't get him anymore. Like he just bought up like the last stock that he knew of or something. Oh, really? Is that, is that do you know anything about that? I don't know, I'm probably. Just, I also know that like a lot of people in China will just like rebrand stuff. You know, because it's so easy to just like, you know, manufacture a chip with like whatever number you want on it. Of course. But that might, I mean, that could be true. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty, I think it was him who, I don't know. I was just like, really? I thought the 308 was like, there was like an endless supply. No. <laughs> like, I, I, like, even back in the day, I remember like when I was first like trying to figure out like the DigiKey website where you order parts from. Right. And being like, why can't I find this like this chip on here? And then I was like, oh, I got to go to like the second supplier of of parts to pe- to pedal people, which is eBay. Right, right, gotcha. Yeah. So you started with a rat, and was this one of those things? So you made one from? I made from, a rat, and it was yeah. from. I I went to the website Tagboard Effects, which is like a really easy. Here's how to make your first guitar pedal website. Okay. And, um, yeah, and it worked, and I was, like, super psyched on it. And I think, like, that night, Ian had a show somewhere nearby, and I, like, gave it to him, and he was, like, super psyched on it. Nice. And then after that, I was like, this is really cool. This is really cool. I got to just say, this is totally just, like, because I I could ask all kinds of deer tick questions, but, like, my band, we when we practice and we regularly play, like, the bump and a few other uh, oh, yeah. s- select deer tick songs. So I'm a I'm a fan. I can't wait for them to come back to Portland. So. Oh yeah, just, yeah. Pu- just putting it out there. If they happen to be listening, come on back to Portland <laughs> for me. Yeah, it's uh, re- it's been really cool to like not only like because I also have other friends that do like small business stuff and like also have other friends in other bands. And mm-hmm. It's cool to just see how like you know people go in all these different directions and like we can still like cross paths here and there. And like, I was really like psyched to see deer takes progress as a band, you know, for sure. Cause when we first started, me and Ian first started playing together, like deer take was a band that like we would go and like either play shows with or like just go and see. Mm-hmm. And so it's really cool to see, I guess us grow up as, as like not, we're not adults, I guess, but as adults now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Pretending to be adults or not yeah. even or yeah. something. I mean, it's like, yeah. like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, I it's really you. cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I know what you're saying. I'm nice. proud of all my friends. There you go. Hey, that's a that's a nice thing to say. <laughs> I'm and not. Yeah, I'm, I'm I sure, mean, uh, sure all my friends year, are wonderful. I'm sure in the next year, Deer Tick will be in Portland. I'm hoping so. See, they now correct me if I'm wrong. You may know. We're turning this into the Deer Tick podcast. Anyway, uh, <laughs> did um, they recorded their last album in Portland, if I remember correctly? Is that correct? Do you know? Um, the 
The negativity one? Yeah. Uh, I thought I, I read that I somewhere. And then I Googled the studio, and the studio had, like, no information. So I was, I don't know if that was just internet farce or what that was, so. I, I have no idea, but I know a lot of times they'll record at, like, their friend's studios a lot. Okay, so gotcha. Maybe it was one of those dealios, you know? I see, I see. All right, so let's talk about your pedals. Um, okay. Let's let's get into that a little bit more for people who may or may not know. Um, what was your first like Tomcat branded pedal? Well, actually, um, in last year, like March of last year, I had like come back from like a good solid two years of touring, where I had spent all my time on the road, like trying to develop like cool pedal ideas and stuff and like work out kinks of certain things and like get really good at circuit board design and i came back and i was like oh man like back from touring i have no money i have to get back into like my whole groove of working like eight jobs and like delivering pizza and making pizza and all this stuff and like my girlfriend was like hey you should like like, screw all that, like, just try and do, like, pedals full-time, because that's, like, what you're really into right now, and it'll probably, like, work out if you just try it, and so right. what I did was, I was like, that's a stupid idea, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I love you and everything, but that's stupid, uh, but, um, so I, I did it, and I, like, got all this stuff together, and, like, did a Kickstarter, and it did really well, and so after that, I was like, all right, so I got to make these things. So I made I made three fuzzes to begin with, and um, I still sell them now. But the first three that I made as Tomcat pedals were um, the Killer, which is like based on the Sam Ash fuzz tainer, which is, mm-hmm. is kind of like a rare Sam Ash fuzz. I think it was mostly sold as like a do-it-yourself fuzz kit. Oh, really? Back, back in the day, yeah. Which is which is really cool, and then yeah. um, it was like the '70s version of like um, general guitar gadgets or something. <laughs> nice. And then I made another one, um, which is called the Ripper, which is my version of uh, the Ibanez Standard Fuzz, which is kind of like a super fuzz, but it's kind of like wonkier and nastier. And then I made um, the Bender, which is like my tone bender version. Nice. Yeah, so I made those three, and they like did okay. And then I like took some of the Kickstarter money and like did a pro guitar shop demo thing. And then after that, it like just kind of like grew on its own, which was really cool. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's where I first seen your stuff was that pro guitar shop demo. Uh, oh yeah, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure that's probably most people's initial exposure i'm i'm imagining yeah i used to like get in trouble at a lot of the jobs i worked at because i would just watch pro guitar shop demos all day i don't know anybody that fits that description surely (laughs) not (laughs) nobody that listens to this podcast can even relate to that at all it's like you know it's bad when like your your friends get used to like andy from pro guitar shop's voice (laughs) oh i think my wife might be used to that too yeah (laughs) this is a bad sign (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man like it's kind of funny because like she's like 
has no interest at all, and but she's like, oh, Andy again. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same, same thing here. Well, <laughs> well my, my girlfriend plays guitar, like, and she's really good and everything. Mm-hmm. And she, she ends up actually stealing my pedals to, like, use them for, you know, the stuff that she does, which is nice. cool and everything. But, but, yeah, she'll be, like, listening to, pro you know, the pro guitar shop in the background. And sometimes, occasionally, like, I'll play one, and she'll be like, oh, that's really cool. We should get that. Oh, well, that, that's not a bad deal. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so you, you, you've mentioned a couple of times, like you really interested in uh, circuit board design, yeah, which, yeah. which is, I think very evident in your pedals because I love your gut shots. Um, oh, you got thanks, some, you, you've got some of my favorites. I, I like, it's very, now, and this is another thing, like, talking to you about it and, and connecting all the dots, it's like, okay, he's really into art, and he's really into electronics and technology, and it, if you open up the inside of one of your pedals, all those dots connect, and it is very obvious now that, you know, knowing you're a little more about you. Yeah, so. I, guess, I guess it's like the pedals are a good reflection of me, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Thanks, man. I mean, it's like, yeah, I really like... Um, I don't know. I just really wanted to like make something that was really like a complete thing. Like I, I, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for all the people that make pedals and like will make custom pedals and just put them in a regular enclosure and everything. And that's cool. I do that too for my friends sometimes, but I was like, all right, I'm going to make a brand. I'm going to make my own thing. I can do whatever the hell I want. So I'm going to like just make this like as cool as I, I can for like me, like what I would think is like the coolest pedal, you know? Mm-hmm. So I like, I got like these special enclosures like ordered for me from the cool, really nice people at Pedal Parts Plus. And um, they're like not as big as like, you know, the, the 1590 BB enclosure? Right. It's like not as wide as that and not as tall. Like, lengthwise but it's like really fat and it like stands up taller than the rest of them and then i was like oh i'm gonna get my buddy liam's artwork to like make them look really cool right and so he's he's a tattooer in london and he like gave me a bunch of designs and i was like yeah you can do what you want with them nice yeah and then like oh yeah Uh, they look great that's all i was gonna say Blanket yeah, statement. And then, so. and then like I got them laser etched on because I was like, that's a really cool like sculptural thing that I could add to this. I don't think I realized that they were etched. Interesting. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. I should just send you one because you could it would make this a whole lot cooler if you're like, oh yeah, that's so cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> argue I'm not gonna argue with that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't like pedals. So never mind, yeah. don't do that. Don't I mean, send me you, you I hate pedals. You only have like three, so yeah, I only have I'd, three. I'd be doing you a favor. Yeah, yeah, I really need some, especially fuzz. I don't. I'm really lacking in the fuzz department. Yeah. I have none of those. That's what my friends have told me. <laughs> <laughs> nice, um, but yeah. So I, I like uh, when I was getting into circuit board design. I really liked like anything that Jack Deville did or worked on. Oh um, yeah, because he's super OCD about how his components look and like using really high-end components and just making sure everything's like 
like looks good, but is also like functioning in like the most efficient way as as well. Mm-hmm. So after like seeing some of his crazy stuff, like the there's a layout like he did um, for his pedal, the Mod Zero, which is like right. through zero flanger. And I was like, oh my God, this is like the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I would have never thought that this would be possible, but Jack did it so I can do it. Right. So, yeah, I just sort of like took that approach to all of my circuit designs. I was like, all right, I'm going to make this really cool board shape and then I'm going to try and get all my stuff to fit in it and work properly. Right. And sometimes it takes like, you know, two weeks, but it happens. So I'm starting to like see some parallel. I don't know. I I don't know anything about circuit design or anything like that. I'm just a just a player. But some of my favorite like looking boards when I open them up, um, they generally seem to be like the the nicer looking the board is, like as far as layout goes, it seems to be a, a quieter pedal. I don't oh, know yeah. if that is I don't know if that's just coincidence or I'm just wanting it to be that way in my brain and it's not really that way. But it just seems like when everything's neat and tidy and you can tell it's well thought out, that it seems to have a lot less noise. And I don't know if that's I don't know if that's has anything to do with with layout or if that is just because because of the circuit design on some of these ones I'm thinking of. Um I'm not really sure, but I didn't know. I, th- I think it could have, you know, an impact on, especially if, if everything's like thought out really well, like where you put what it can be, you know, it can sound better and, and like cleaner, quieter and stuff. Right. Um, oh. Yeah. I think it's just like the sort of, you know, how much time someone puts into it. It, it does kind of like show in the sound. Maybe I don't want to like, you know, talk bad on anybody. <laughs> right, come on, rip on somebody. Tell, tell them that they're terrible at their. Yeah, yeah, that's what this is all about. Yeah, everyone that you've talked to, I'm just gonna pick them all out and say nasty things about them. <laughs> It'd make for an interesting listen, I'm sure. Yeah, we could change the whole theme of your show here. This is the rip on other builders podcast. Yeah. Talk about how crappy all their stuff is. Yeah, and stuff. They don't, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. No, it was just the part of the reason I asked it was um, I I never thought other than hey that circuit board looks nice I didn't think about layout affecting you know how the pedal works until I heard uh, uh, Brian Wampler mention it on one of his one of his podcast episodes he mentioned it probably I'm um, probably more than once but. He's like, oh yeah, you think you? I build this breadboard, this prototype, and it sounds great. And then I get, you know, I get the actual, you know, oh, yeah. prototype built <laughs> with the exact same circuit, and it sounds terrible because the layout's all wrong. I'm like, yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. I had no idea that was even. I had, I just thought, I thought I didn't think about layout at all from an aesthetic standpoint. So that's fascinating to me. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially with certain kind of pedals, like I know that. Like some some digital processing pedals, like because um, a lot of people now use the the Spin FV1 mm-hmm. chip, which is like a lot of easy. Well, I shouldn't say easy because it's still hard, but a lot of like intro to making cool sounds and stuff with pedals and more advanced stuff too. Um, 
depending on how you place those components, you can make the pedal sound like crap or good. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's like little nuancey things, like how far away you put your crystal and all that other stuff. Um, and like what kind of what kind of capacitors you use for your power filtering and all this stuff. There's there's so many like nuances that people can get into arguments about and that are in like message boards and all that stuff. <laughs> are you and in I, on the internet? I, and I read them all. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh, wait, people, are you on the internet? Yeah, it's weird. I never. This is news to me. I thought it was a place full of love and joy. No, you should stay out of it. Oh yeah, that's a little. I guess it's a little late for that. <laughs> Actually, I, it's I don't know if it's because I I'm not really in many forums <laughs> that often. Um, but like my main focus, as far as anything I do on the internet, is my website and podcast and then Instagram. I am yeah. in I am in other places, um, but just not very active. And yeah. I don't I don't get a lot of negativity, and I like that. I mean, like. I like it's not very often that I even get negative comments about particular things I post. Like I don't like that guitar or whatever, or I played that pedal and it was garbage. I don't even see that very often, and I'm really? totally, sh- totally shocked and amazed yeah, that you that gotta, you got to go digging for it. I guess I don't want to. I don't want to find it. I just thought it would be. I just thought it would happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Depends a lot on the message board, I guess. Yeah. Like I was on, I was on the gear page a lot, and and not to like rip on that place because there's a lot of cool people on there, but yeah, there seemed to be a little bit a little bit more negativity than I than I need to deal with at times yeah. on there. Yeah, like I mean, like when I was growing up, I used to hate. I mean, I guess I still hate Pitchfork, but I right. used to like. I don't understand why so many people like would base so much of their like influence on music on what pitchfork has to say right it's like for all i know like this is on some like 18 year old kid who was told to go see this band last week and now he's saying that everybody should listen to it so i i always like took message boards and like you know people talking crap like always took it like super lightly so that's that's definitely for the best because it could just be some like like you say some 18 year old kid who doesn't really know what he's talking about. Yeah, or like, you or, know, some kid, like, you know, doesn't have access to some pedal, so it, it's the worst thing in the world. Right. <laughs> that one, that one's no good. That one sucks yeah. because I can't play it. Yeah. They wouldn't, they wouldn't give me artist pricing on it. Yeah, totally. You know, I wonder how many people like hate me because I wouldn't give them free pedals. Okay, so, oh, here we go. I've talked about this too much, but I'm going to talk about it more anyway. Uh, I that is a consistent like running thing with like with any builder I talk to, pedals, guitars, amps. It doesn't matter. Like everyone seems to get hit up for free gear or discounted gear, and I'm like, from people who don't have any business requesting free gear or discounted gear, it just like it, I can't wrap my mind around that entitlement. I guess I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. And I think it's because, like, maybe some people. Well, first of all, you know, I think a lot of people think like, well, what's the what's the harm in asking? You know, like they'll they'll say no. That's all. Mm-hmm. But like, maybe like some bigger companies can like maybe give stuff away if you like 
they think. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe don't, like they've gotten away with it before, and they're like, "All right, I'm gonna try it as many times as I can." I guess I don't know. It just I I don't know. It just bothers me. It bothers me that someone would think that way. I I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, like I being in in like the bands that I've been in, and like I I have an endorsement with uh, with Pasty Symbols. Mm-hmm. And even then, I mean, I still I still pay for my symbols. You know, right, right. Like I don't get free stuff. Yeah. So it does like make me really amazed that people ask for free stuff. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It seems to be rampant. So if you're feeling like you're alone, uh, I don't. That does not seem to be the case. Everyone has a story. I think so. me and uh, what's his name? Uh, me and Brian from Small Sound, Big Sound, like like talk about the stuff like this all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's just like a. Like I guess his his band practices up here, mm-hmm. um, so we hang out sometimes and just talk about stuff. Yeah, you you two uh, you two guys uh, probably have a lot in common as far as making guitar pedals. You, not being neither of you is a guitar is your primary instrument. You probably have a lot. Yeah, in common. right. Yeah, and and we're also well, we've spent like most of the past few years on the road as well. And we're in, uh, well, you were in art school, but he was in, uh, he was in, uh, was it, I forgot what music school he went to. Berkeley? I don't remember I think now. so. Yeah, yeah, he told me. Um, I'm a terrible person. Anyway, so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, didn't <laughs> I didn't draw those parallels until just now. Like, I knew you guys talked occasionally, but it was like, those guys are really cut from similar cloth over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we 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 chat, and we also send each other annoying text messages all the time. Oh, that's the best kind of relationship to have. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't have a relationship like that with anybody. I never never get annoying texts from anyone. Ryan McCaffrey. <clears throat> <laughs> oh yeah, he he made he makes some cool stuff. Uh, yeah, he's a he's he's a nut, and yeah, he, is, he, is he your buddy? Um, like through this, like we became like, even though we've never met in person, that doesn't stop us from, uh, sharing our really dumb, uh, sense of humor, like on a very regular basis. And so like, that's what me and Brian do. Right. Right. So like we were, we were going to, uh, we were actually going to, um, go to Nam together, but now, um, doesn't sound like he's going to be able to go down, but I'm still, I'm still going, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be able to go down. So we still will maintain our long distance buffoonery. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to him for, what is it in January? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. That's like next month. I know it's crazy. I can't even like, it's going to be here before I know it. And I'm not even like mentally prepared. I don't think. Man, I, I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about going because there's a, there's this like little I wouldn't I don't want to say a little, but there's a magazine out here called The Deli and they do like their own booth over there mm-hmm. with like a handful of of builders and stuff and they like have little like amp simulators and stuff that you can listen to pedals through and he offers like a really good package deal and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and I did that um this summer at our local music shop here <clears throat> called Main Drag. Music, oh yeah. Which is yeah. an awesome music store. I don't know if you've ever had the chance of coming out here and looking there, but it's something I take for granted all the time. Where like they have such a cool collection of gear and stuff. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard mm. of Main Drag for years. I always wanted to check it out if I ever get over there. 
Yeah, if you ever get over here, check it out. But they had a little like stomp box exhibit there this summer, and that's where I got to meet like Brian and like um, Seth from Old Blood Noise and oh, nice Adrian from Red Panda and stuff. Cool. Yeah, it was a really really cool experience. Those guys are all doing really interesting things too. That's nice. Yeah, definitely. It's a good mix, I think. For sure. That just uh, uh, ticked a light bulb in my brain. Um, that's something I was going to ask you about because uh, I was thinking about the old blood noise stuff, and they've got a lot of you know weird kind of ambient sounding pedals. Yeah, yeah. Are, all your stuff is fuzz right now, correct? Correct. Okay. Well, first of all, you're a man after my own heart. But second <laughs> of all, uh, are you thinking about branching out into like doing some delays, reverbs, modulation, anything like that? Um. Yeah. Actually. Uh... At that like stomp box thing in the summer, I had like a prototype of a. It's like an echo reverb that I've been working on for a little while. Cool. And it's literally it's just like it's one pedal, but it has like lo-fi echo going into a reverb, and you can turn either of them on or off. Um, oh, I like it, that. But um, yeah, actually, I just like last week finished like designing the final circuit board for it. Nice. So I think I should like I think I might introduce that like around after Nam or something. Cool. Just have to make sure it works right. <laughs> yeah, that's that is a crucial piece of the puzzle. Yeah. You know? <laughs> make sure it um, functions. Yeah, I, I uh I mean when I've I don't want to say that I'm like sick of that pedal because I've been working on it for so long, but um I guess I'm just sick of looking at that circuit for so long. Gotcha. As as like a schematic, I guess. Yeah, I can understand. But I, I do want to get into the whole um, spin FE1, like digital digital delay and reverb and all that stuff. So is this uh, the one, well, I guess I just kind of assumed it was digital. Is this an analog pedal that you're no, talking no, about? No, no, it's, no, it's digital. But like in terms of like delay and reverb for the DIY pedal builder, it's like you have the the... PT two three nine nine yes delay chip, and then for reverb you have like the belt and brick. Okay, all right. Chip, I'm which, which is like you know just an easy way to throw a spring sounding reverb into something. Right. Okay, I'm following you. I'm I'm yeah. familiar with those. And so what? Um, so with those, I thought they were like pretty much done to death. So I want to do something cool, and then. Um, Caroline Guitar made like the the Meteor, Meteor, mm-hmm. Meteor, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh man, that's like exactly what I wanted to do with with the the belt and brick, right, right. And he did it, so I was like, all right, I'll just do something else, right. So yeah, I am that's like, a- I am psyched on like the pedal that I've I've made, but I do want to make it like what's already out there. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. No, yeah. If you can't do it like different, there's not really any reason to do it. Yeah, I, mean, I get that a hundred percent. But um, I guess I was just like really intimidated by by the the like super digital pedals where you have to like write your own code and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm psyched to sort of dive into that world. Uh, with your with your background in those complicated art installations i imagine you you can you probably have the uh the brain power to sort through that i think so um i think i what i want to do is like implement cool stuff like um 
like uh, selectable pitch and like incorporating that with like distortion and stuff instead of right. like just making another delay pedal or something. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. I I have this I have this delay pedal idea in my head, but I have no idea how to make anything. So that okay, that kind of is no good. I'll, well, I'll you, tell you, you want to give it up. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about it off the air. Oh, okay. that's right. I just did that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Maybe you can find out about it later, or maybe <laughs> it'll it'll already have materialized by the time this episode drops, like magic. Yeah, I'm, I you know I can work around the clock like that if I have to. Yeah. <laughs> It, it'll be a few weeks. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I I'm and you know I wouldn't be surprised if if what I'm thinking of has been done before. Um, but yeah, I mean I shouldn't say that. Like I I feel like I feel bad. Like I'm I'm saying that like the two three nine nine and the belt and brick are like stupid. It's just like because a lot of people have done so many cool things with them. It's just like. You know, it's really hard to come up with a really neat idea with them. Right. But like right. Death by Audio, their reverberation machine is like one of my favorite uh reverbs with that thing in it. The Belt and Brick. Yeah, have you met have you messed with that one? I, I have not. No, I've oh, only man. messed it's with so their cool. uh, their their fuzzes and stuff. So they I use these they use these like certain op amps in their in that circuit that like really create this like saturated kind of like mushy grainy like distortion that goes mm-hmm. into the reverb and it just it's like the perfect perfect mash of sounds in there that sounds really cool that yeah. sounds like something i'd be super interested in yeah because i love i mean don't get me wrong like pristine delay has its place um in things and reverb also but that's not generally what I lean towards as a player. I usually like really gritty repeats and just not, you know. Yeah, that's me too. that's that's what I like, and I kind of like that with with reverb too, to a lesser extent. But I love like lo-fi delays and things. So, yeah, yeah, I have um, I have this like reverb I made from, um, it's like an old, like Hammond organ that had this like reverb unit in it. Okay. And it was like it had had this little tube amp that would drive the reverb. And um so I bought that on eBay for super cheap and I had this like really cool reverb tank and I had this really cool like tube amp. So so I converted the tube amp into like um pretty much a clone of like the Dr. Z Carmen Ghia. Okay. It's like a little like eighteen watt amp. Nice. Um, EL84 based, which is really, it was cool. It was like super easy to do and it sounded really great. And then I had the the reverb tank left over. So I made like, went online and like found some circuit and like threw it in there and it makes this like super cool, like lo fi, like sounds like everything's like about to fall apart reverb. That sounds really, really up my alley. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll have to send you a video of it. Definitely. Yeah, it's really cool. And I use it like in um my girlfriend and I have like a little studio in our apartment and like we record and stuff there and use it like on lots of cool stuff. Nice. Nice. What's that like? So this I can't I've never lived in an apartment. Yeah. Um, you have so, a house? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's I got I got a house and uh 
fortunate I was able to, before my wife murdered me, I was able to build a separate outbuilding to hold my unhealthy gear obsession. And, hey, that's uh, good, man. That's good. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, anyway, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, I, oh yeah, the living in an apartment and recording, I was just like really curious about how that works. Cause I, I have problems, you know, just trying to do it in my house. But imagine neighbors yeah, not well, liking it's, that. It's tough. Um, for, oh, a long time, actually, the way I met my girlfriend was in the old apartment I was living in. She was living above me, and we kind of just, like, bonked in the hallway. Like, I ran into her in the hallway, mm-hmm. and that's how we met. But she, like, would hear me playing guitar and stuff. So in my old apartment, it was horrible. Like, you could, like, be in the kitchen, like, making a juice, and someone would hear you, like three flights up you know right so wow um yeah it's definitely it it can suck and then like the new apartment that we live in now just has like i guess really good walls (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like we just do a lot of like low low volume stuff do you do like a lot of direct in type of things no 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 We, we do we like amp everything in like a little like Fender Blues Junior that we have, nice. But like we have it in a closet with like a bazillion like clothes and towels and stuff in there. So that kind of helps. But I mean, this, the neighbors still yell at us. Oh yeah, you get yeah. You, you get your wrist slapped every once in a while. Yeah, once in a while, you know, when, when we like really push it to that overdriven limit. Gotcha. Yeah. You thought about like maybe and. Like an ISO booth or something, like a small cabinet you could mic up, you know. I've I've thought about it, but it's like if we really want to do like good recording, like my friend I was telling you about this off the air. I, I have a friend who has a studio like a few blocks over. Oh right, that's right. And and he has like a super awesome uh studio space that he that- that he just made that's like totally isolated. Super quiet, and it has a view of Manhattan. It that was a beautiful shot. I was like, "Ooh, that's yeah, it's so cool." Like I was, like we were recording it the other day, and I'm just like looking outside. I was like, "Wow, this is like, this is unreal, man." Where where am I right now? Yeah, that was that was awesome. Is it? Does he uh, use that studio for like? Does he rent it out, and and that's what he does, or is it just like? <laughs> yeah, he um. He owns that studio and he records there and he also rents it out for for video production stuff and all sorts of different stuff and he does sound like on location. Oh gotcha. Um yeah, the name of the studio is Brand Studios, B R A U N D. Okay. And they did a whole like live series of videos with artists like um uh speaking of Death by Audio, like a place to bury strangers. Oh okay. They re- did a really cool like live video there where they had like eight projectors. Doing all this crazy stuff. Very nice. Does yeah. a do you have a website? Yeah, I think it's just bronzestudios.com. All right. I'll have to I'll have to stick that in the show notes. There you, you go. go. Nice. Yeah, because that, that was a super I, I seen you sent me that shot and I was just like, oh man. Like that that would be like a really inspiring place to work. Just to write. Oh yeah. And it's so, so cool because cool. that was that was like his dream studio that he's been wanting to build for like over five years, and he finally like just got around to doing it, nice. which is awesome. I was like super so, proud of him. 
It's so cool. Yeah. I love, I love it when a plan comes together like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're getting down getting down to the hour mark. So there's a there's a one more thing. Well, we already kind of talked about it. Do you have anything else coming down the pipe other than the uh the echo verb? Um yeah, I was working on like uh like I was saying like the pitch uh distortion thing. I was going to mm-hmm. do uh I guess it's kind of like I don't know if it should be secret or not, but it's like I was I'm good friends with a band uh, Blood Red Shoes from the UK. Have you heard of them? I have not. Okay. We um uh, like I have this my girlfriend and I have this friend John Agnello who's like this old producer dude and he's like knows everybody. And it's like anytime I'm on the road um I'll like meet a band and I'll be like, "Oh, you know John Agnello." And it's like my way of meeting people like i think that's how also i met brian because his band had worked with john as well okay but anyways like they want to do um like a collaboration with me and they're like record label they have called jazz life okay um because uh laura from blood red shoes her main guitar tone is like <clears throat> like sub octave uh of her guitar with like overdrive gotcha cool so she wants to make like a pedal with that as her like signature sound very nice how is she doing that now unless she doesn't want now i i'm not gonna say much but she has um i think she has a really really old um uh micro synth Mm -hmm. electro harmonics right and that's giving her the sub octave and like a little bit of square wave and then Mm -hmm. i think she's going into some boutique overdrive. Nice. Nice. Well that'll be that'll be a fun project. I look forward to seeing that. That'll be Yeah. Sick. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Nice. I think I think this is the first time I told anybody about that. Oh, well, I'm honored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's like um I don't know if you're into like uh the the radio, but like um at Radio 1 in like the UK, they have like this whole thing. It's like, bah, 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 you hear it first, bah, bah, world premiere. <laughs> that sort of thing. So that that's where you have to cue in, like when I say, oh, this is the first time I've heard of it. There you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think I can make that happen. I'll, uh... Yeah, I'll, 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 send you a, I'll send you some reference material. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally going to do that. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's totally. fantastic. All right, man. Well, we, uh, yeah, we, we're sitting right at that hour mark right now. Right. Is there anything that you would like to um, shamelessly plug right now? This is your time to do it. Website, uh, social media, um, and all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Tomcat Pedals on Instagram. That's about it. I don't really do much other social media. That's with a um, K, right? Yeah, yeah, T-O-M-K-A-T. Mm-hmm. Right on, and then TomcatPedals.com. And yep, TomcatPedals.com, and yep, that's about it. That'll be in the show notes, and then I'll also go ahead and stick your phone number in there so everyone can call you in at all hours of the day. Does that sound good? Yeah, and like me and my cat will be here and doing whatever. Yeah, that sounds good. His cat wants to talk to you, so you guys should all talk, call him. Yeah, he's he, he, also, he works for me, so. Oh, he works for you. He's got to do what you say, right? Yeah. <laughs> what's your cat's name let's uh, let's, cat, let's finish it out with that my cat's name is horowitz 
Horowitz. I like that. Yeah, and he like he freaks out anytime I use my printer. He like he like you think <laughs> like the the world was like stopping, and he had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> so so whenever I like print out all my postage and stuff, he's like right there next to me, like like looking over everything I'm doing. And I thought it was the funniest thing. So I like got these stickers made with like his little paw print on them. And and I put them on the the pedals when like they're done on the box, and it just says like inspected by Horowitz. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, see, we're it's like a whole family thing here. I love it. It's a, it's a big happy communal wonderful thing. Yeah. Right on, man. All right. Well, it was a uh, that was awesome talking to you. Yeah, um, man, it was a pleasure talking to you too. Very good times. I I enjoyed it very much, and. Uh, We'll have to uh, chat again soon. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. All right on, man. All right. So, for Tom, I'm Blake. Uh, and as you all regular listeners know what I'm about to say, good luck and good tones. I'll talk to you later, man. Later. Bye. All right, everybody. That does it for the first episode of 2016. Starting the new year off in a very good way. A very good way. I got lots more in store for you, so do stay tuned. And as always, thank you for listening. And you likely do this already, but if you don't, you should head over to Instagram and follow at the Tone Mob. Because right now, there's a pretty ridiculous giveaway going on as we speak. And it ends... This Friday, January 8th. And what it is, is we teamed up with Ambient Notes and Creation Music Company. And John over at Creation is giving away $500 towards any pedal board and case right now. So you could build the board of your dreams. Or maybe multiple little boards. Whatever you need. There will be $500 for the winner to... Uh, Decide whatever that dream board may be. So head on over to Instagram, follow at the Tone Mob, and get involved in this contest. It ends Friday, January 8th. Don't delay. Enter today. That was really dumb. Anyway, I'm super stoked for 2016. I got some seriously big things in store, and I can't wait to share them with you guys. You, you're gearheads. You're going to like it. And uh, yeah, it's super exciting. So, as per usual, have yourself a good week. I'll talk to you next time. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, Go to ToneMob.com slash StringJoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com slash StringJoy and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help 
everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.